Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, back here on Southeastern 14 with Brian Edwards. Uh, he joins us as always every week to uh, discuss uh, all kinds of betting topics when it comes to the sec football games for the week and uh brian we're just gonna jump right in this week because we've got quite a few games to cover here let's start with the one that everyone's talking about alabama and texas a future sec matchup for now it will be uh the usual kind of rivalry here between uh nick saban and steve sarkeesian as they uh get ready to join forces in the sec starting next year but for now Alabama, uh, seven-point favorite here at home. Two really good teams, two teams that we know a lot of people have picked um, to have a shot to make the college football playoff, and uh, this should be a fun one between these two. Yeah, should be, and I like Alabama minus the seven. Uh, the Crimson Tide is 15-5-1 against the spread in their last 21 as a home favorite, and you know, many of those spreads were three three times uh, this number uh, and more. And um, Texas has been on the road nine times since they've hired Sarkeesian. They have lost outright in six of those games. Five of those six losses have been by seven points or more. They've been a road underdog under Sark three times, and they're 0-3 against the spread in those games. Texas only scored one touchdown in the first half against Rice last week. They only averaged 4.1 yards per carry. Um, you know, 4.1 is not bad if you're playing against somebody on your level, but against Rice, uh, Texas should be running the ball a lot more effectively. And I had so many questions about the quarterback position for Alabama, and I'm not saying they were completely – alleviated, but it was good to see Jalen Milrow throw a couple of nice uh, deep balls. I know he didn't have a ton of yardage, but I think it was 191 yards, but three touchdowns and no interceptions. And granted, it was Middle Tennessee, um, but, you know, Middle Tennessee went to a bowl game last year. I don't think Rice went to a bowl game last year. Um, but anyhow, um, I, I just feel like, you know, Middle Tennessee is probably a little better uh, than Rice. And I thought Alabama looked better. I know it's just one data point. Uh, Texas is in revenge mode here. They had no business losing that game uh, last year, but they don't have B. John Robinson uh, anymore. And, you know, I, I talked offseason about all my question marks uh, at the quarterback position um, for Bama. But what, one of the good things we talked about was no rat poison, you know, no uh, – super high expectation. In fact, you know, motivated that teams were, or people were kind of down on them, uh, you know, compared to this, you know, dynastic run they've been on. But, um, I, you know, I saw enough last week that I, I think they'll take care of business this week uh, and cover the seven. I'm on the Crimson Tide. All right. So um, let's talk about Texas A&M in a very intriguing matchup, I think, uh, at Miami. Of course, the Aggies now ranked in the top 25. This game will kick off 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Uh, by the way, that Alabama one, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. But uh, the Aggies head to Miami to play the Hurricanes at Hard Rock Stadium. And as we know, this is a rematch from last season as well. Wasn't the most uh, aesthetically pleasing game a year ago between these two. But 
Um, maybe this one, Brian, looks a little bit better perhaps this season. Aggies offense off to a great start. Uh, I know it's New Mexico, but I certainly think you could take uh, some very positive uh, signs away from that, just seeing how they came out and uh, played, I thought, in week one. Uh, now they hit the road uh, to play a Miami program that's trying to get back to where they want to be. They beat Miami of Ohio 38-3 to uh, in week one there. So interesting SEC versus ACC matchup again, which uh, has not gone well thus far for the SEC. But um, what do you think about the Aggies heading into this one? So I, I haven't played this one, and, and unless the Aggies get to three, uh, and I'm probably uh, not going to play them. So right now I see that they are at four at most books. I see DraftKings is actually at three and a half. So, I mean, perhaps it could get down to three. And if they did, I'd probably put a little on AM In my contest where we have 25 specific games we have to pick, I, I did pick AM. and um, I, I made the line five uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, before it came out, and um, it came out right right around there. Oh, yeah, it looks like it did did open at five uh, from what I'm seeing on my screen, but I guess uh, some Miami action has brought it down. I was impressed with Miami last week. Obviously, I faded Miami and got beat uh, Friday night, um, and so, you know, they've got had an extra day of rest uh, in preparation. Not that that's uh, going to mean a, a whole lot, especially uh, this early in the season, um, I will point out uh, under Jimbo Fisher uh, as a road favorite, Texas A&M is seven and three against the spread, whereas the Canes under uh, Cristobal as a home dog, uh, they are 0 and two ATS. And I believe they lost both of those games uh, outright. And they yes, they did against uh, um Oh, home dog. Let's see. Yes, FSU and what's the other one? Um, what says 0-2 here? Anyway, never mind. <laughs> I, I slightly <laughs> someone. Yeah, slightly <laughs> lean to uh, the Aggies in this one, and I uh, hope they uh, get the W. A and M, if anything here. Yeah, I think it's like I said. I I, I really like some of the things I saw and I know opponent matters and context and all that, but you know, we said coming the season, there were definitely going to be much higher expectations after a disappointing 2022. And I thought what you saw, at least really on both sides, but the offense specifically, or, or what we were talking about with just is Connor Wegman going to be the guy um, comes out, played a really good game. And so I'm excited to see how that offense continues to evolve there with Bobby Petrino uh, and the Aggies. So, all right. The other big game here. I think there's like I said we're going to talk about five of these games. We'll mention a couple others uh, maybe as well, but kind of five featured games I think on on the card this week for the SEC and uh, another one here that I think um, you know if you've kept up with Tulane, you know this is a potentially really good football uh, game here as Ole Miss is going to play Tulane. That's a three thirty p.m. Eastern kickoff. ESPN two. That one's in New Orleans. Um, I I love this one. Uh, Brian, like I just think about the possibilities with these two teams and, um, you know, certainly Ole Miss putting up uh, the offensive output they did in week one. Trey Harris scoring four touchdowns receiving wise at three of them in what, two and a half minutes, um, something like that. But Jackson darts, the guy comes out, looks good again, context important, but still Ole Miss took care of its business. I like to see that from teams uh, in week one against teams they should take care of business against. And now they play uh, the top 25 green wave who beat a 
pretty, I think, good and solid uh, South Alabama team last week, 37-17. And, of course, the Green Wave uh, still in the top 25 coming off a great season last year. So this sets up to be, uh, I think, the, the Lane Kiffin special here in terms of getting your popcorn uh, because I think this could be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, very uh, entertaining game. Can't wait to uh, to watch this one. So right now, most books are at 7.5. I actually see DraftKings is at 7. So this total opened uh, Sunday night, or Sunday late afternoon, uh, 62.5. It had gotten up to 67. It looks like it's dropped back down to 66.5. And, and actually, Circa and uh, looks like Caesars are um at 66 so i played it over 62 and a half right when i saw it on sunday i just thought that was too low and, and got on the over um it's hard for me to endorse at 66 and a half um so i you know if listeners are thinking they're going to tail me I mean, you just got to make your own decision on that I, I mean i'm not against it um but i'm just in at four and a half points uh better so as for the side Oh, and just just some more stuff on um uh liking the over. So Pratt, uh, fourteen of fifteen last week, two hundred ninety four yards, four touchdowns without an interception. You know, and, and like you mentioned, South Alabama was really good last year. Ten and three, they brought back eighteen starters, nine on each side of the ball. Their defense only allowed an average of twenty one point three points per game. Uh, but yet uh, Tulane lost three fumbles but still scored uh, 37 uh, points, and they averaged 36 points per game uh, last year. Now, Ole Miss faced an FCS opponent, uh, but, man, was it points go to lower. Like you said, the LaTeX transfer, Trey Harris, looking great in his Rebs debut. And like we also said in the offseason, they've got multiple quarterbacks that they can win with. And I like how he, he shut Judkins down early last week. No no reason to get any more bumps and bruises, you know. 13 carries, 60 rushing yards. He got in the end zone twice and, and you know, shut him down and saving for this week. So um, now they do have a couple of injuries that um, Caden Prescorn uh, is going to be out until late September. The first team, all AAC transfer tied in uh, from Memphis. And I haven't looked today. I, I, it doesn't sound good for Zachary Franklin. I mean, he's listed as questionable. I, I shouldn't even really speak to it because I haven't um, looked to see if he practiced uh, today, but I, I'm not counting on him playing, but I still think Ole Miss, is going to score a ton of points. And um, as for the side, uh, look, Willie Fritz is going to have a hell of a plan. Pratt's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, they've got an SEC team coming in there. So I'm sure the crowd will be lit. I think there'll be a plenty, a good contingent of Ole Miss fans, uh, though, as well. And I think it's going to be a close game. But I just think over the course of 60 minutes, I think Ole Miss will get some separation late and, and probably win by 10 to 14. So um, if you can get seven, um, small opinion on Ole Miss. And, you know, may, maybe wait it out on the total. Maybe the maybe the total will come back down a little bit more. Uh, and then maybe if you're agreeing with me, you can play the over. But like I said, I got in at 62 and a half and feel good about that. Yeah, I think, again, uh, it, it will be interesting to see what that number does, like you said before kickoff, especially uh, the, the over-under there. Um, so those are, I think, for a lot of people, kind of the big three because they do involve top 25 teams uh, in all of those. And, again, you've got top 25 on top 25 with Ole Miss, Tulane, and Alabama, Texas. But 
some other ones, and these are um, SEC Pac-12 matchups, and you know we've seen one of those so far. It didn't go so well for Florida, as you know, Brian. But um, Mississippi State hosts Arizona. That's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on the SEC Network. Um, this is a rematch from last year where Mississippi State went out there and really kind of just took it to Arizona. Um, defense played well. Jaden Delora did not have his best game uh, for Arizona at quarterback. Is what one touchdown. They had three interceptions in that game. Um, and I thought the Mississippi State defense did some things to really, again, uh, push that offense to, to make mistakes. And now the setup is that you've got Delores back for Arizona. Um, he's got a really good, I think, wide receiver group, kind of just, you know, looking at the group that he has there. They haven't really, I think their running game still can leave a, a bit to be desired, but they don't necessarily need it sometimes when he's playing uh, as well as he can play. And then you've got Mississippi State, who I thought got off to a good start again, Southeast Louisiana, but um yeah this is another one that i think is very interesting for a lot of reasons and you know will rogers had a, a field day against arizona last year and um we'll see what he can do this season yeah so i haven't played this one yet but i definitely lean uh to mississippi state and for those of our listeners if they if they like to do teasers or money line parlays i think mississippi state is a good team uh for a teaser uh, whether it's six or six and a half points, you know, bumping it down uh, maybe to two and a half and just needing to win by a field goal in a teaser. Maybe you could uh, use Alabama uh, as the other yeah. uh, part of that uh, teaser. But I, I, I lean Mississippi State minus nine. I, I, I picked them in my contest and I, I might play them. Um, but, you know, that's my lean. Like, like you said, Rogers lit Arizona up. Uh, last year and then uh, last week, 20 of 29, 227 yards and, and two touchdowns. And uh, the running back, uh, Joquavius Marks, uh, 19 carries, 127 yards uh, and two touchdowns. And I like the freshman, uh, Whitmore, out of Gainesville. His brother uh, used to play at Florida. His mom played volleyball uh, at Florida. And he was a UF uh, commit initially, but um, – uh, eventually decommitted and signed uh, with Mississippi State. And Creed Whitmore had a nice game last week. He had four catches, 59 yards, one touchdown uh, in his collegiate uh, debut. He also had uh, 57 rushing yards on just two attempts and one touchdown. So uh, they've got a nice – Rodgers has got a nice little new weapon uh, as the freshman, very athletic uh, kid, t- tall as well. So um, – yeah, I think uh, Mississippi State will take care of business. I mean, I think Arizona is on the rise, but it has been a, a slow uh, climb as they were uh, really, you know, down bad um, when Fish got there. Uh, they went 38-3 to uh, last week, but their defense last year was just abysmal, giving up an average of 36 Uh, 0.5 points per game, gave up 39 against the Bulldogs. And I think Mississippi State is going to win by two touchdowns. I'm kind of with you on this one. Like I, the more I looked at this matchup, you know, we did our kind of our just uh, initial preview on this a couple of days ago on the channel. And I just think it sets up well for Mississippi State, given what they can do offensively and defensively. And just feels like a tough matchup on the road. Again, to Arizona too, by the way, I can't remember if you mentioned this, but they 11 penalties last week. Mississippi State had one and you're going on the road to play in Starkville, we know that can be a place that um, you can't have those, and that could kind of put you behind the the eight ball there. So we'll see what happens in that one. Another one, uh, as we said, SEC versus Pac-12, as it's going to be Auburn traveling out to Berkeley to play Cal in the late game on Saturday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 
for that one on ESPN. Um, this is another one that I think you look at it. Cal, well coached, Justin Wilcox. Um, you know, got a team that's much more experienced, I think, this year than they were last year. They went what four and eight last year. Uh, more experienced. They went to North Texas and just put up some points. Uh, it was a 58-21, I think, last week. Um, so seems like a team that is moving in the right direction, but also seems that way for Cal, uh, Brian, or excuse me, for Auburn, Brian, when you look at, you know, again, what we saw from them in week one uh, and really just seeing what they're capable of, how they're using Robbie Ashford came out with kind of a, a really nice statement. I thought against UMass uh, offensively uh, in, in week one in the Hugh freeze era, but curious to see what this one looks like. Cause again, this Cal team is no joke. I think 17 returning starters, uh, 357 rushing yards last week, 312 passing yards. You do the math. That's a lot of yardage uh, on on the road uh, at North Texas. But Jade Knott's a stud, and I am really looking forward to this one. This should be a fun late night kickoff here. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a fun late night one for sure. Um, so I made Auburn seven and a half, and so right now um, six and a half uh, at most books it looks like uh there's a couple of sixes out there the total uh 54 and a half at most spots there are a couple of uh 55s i, I as i say i lean auburn and i am picking auburn in my contest I'm definitely not betting Auburn because Justin Wilcox is absolutely fantastic as an underdog. He's 10 and four against the spread as a home underdog in his tenure uh, at Cal. And he is 16 and six against the spread as a road underdog during his uh, tenure at Cal. So by my math, that's 26 and 10 ATS uh, as an underdog. Um, so I do not want to mess with uh, Justin Wilcox, but uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, granted it was UMass, but um, you know, UMass showed a pulse uh, and a little offense on week zero. Uh, Hugh Freeze is just such a major upgrade uh, for them. And I, I think we're going to get Jarquez Hunter. So you add another weapon, um, but it's always tricky going out West and, you know, the late start, uh, all those things, you know, kind of make this a tricky spot. I remember Ole Miss got beat out there uh, back when, the, you know, it's probably like four or five years ago. But when they had A.J. Brown and Metcalf and all those um, stud receivers, they went out there and they got beat. So uh, I think Auburn is, is on a, a little upset alert here, but I, I think they will win. Um, whether they cover or not uh, remains to be seen. Yeah, we shall see. I just can't go against Wilcox uh, as an underdog. And also uh, the transfer quarterback, uh, Sam Jackson, got hurt in the first quarter. He had thrown a touchdown pass. Uh, he is apparently going to be a game-time decision uh, or, and is questionable. So I think it's going to be Finley. And, and Finley was is the transfer uh, from NC State who, who started, um, I think he's – two or three games um, last year for the Wolfpack uh, actually only started two for the Wolfpack. So, you know, he's got some experience. He was 24 of 34, 279 yards, one touchdown, one pick last week. And, and Ott was just terrific as a true freshman last year. He started uh, from the get go and uh, 20 carries, 188 yards and two touchdowns um, last week. So um, yeah, this one should be a fun one. And uh, I think I'm going to be on the sidelines for it, but I'll be uh, I'll be rooting for Auburn in my contest. Yeah, should be uh, entertaining. I think uh, Pac-12 after dark, as they say, um, not going to have many more of those opportunities beyond this season, unfortunately, for the Pac-12. So it'll be the SEC after dark uh, moving forward. But 
All right, Brian, we got some other games here, and I'm just going to kind of lump some of these together. You can go where you want to go with it. I guess one thing we can mention, Arkansas and Kent State. Arkansas hosts uh, Kent State there in Fable, 4 p.m. Eastern, SEC Network. Rocket Sanders availability, um, you know, not going to play, but I think that's more of something we monitor moving forward, uh, whereas in this game, you know, it's one where Kent State's the least experienced team in college football. I just – I was marveling at that uh, feel still – when I was reading Kent State, I'm like zero returning starters on offense, four returning starters on defense, the least experienced team in the country. Looked like it last week. UCF put up 56 points against them, beat them 56 to six. Um, so it, again, I don't think this is much in terms of maybe from a betting standpoint, but the Rocket Sanders injury is certainly something to monitor uh, moving forward for the Hogs here as they move into a much more challenging part of their schedule um, after this upcoming week. Yeah, um, but uh, you know this the injury to Rocket that stinks. I hope none of our listeners tailed me on my over one thousand two hundred and one half <laughs> over rushing yards prop for the season on Sanders, uh, because he only had forty two last week and he's going to have zero this week and we are off to a horrendous start with that wager. But KJ looked really good last week, eighteen of twenty three, two hundred forty six yards, three touchdowns uh, without a- an interception. Um, and I'm, I'm looking to see the, uh, transfer that I wanted to, uh, it was Ja'Cory Brooks. Um, and it looks like, uh, did not make the box score, huh? Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. Oh, and KJ also had one, uh, rushing touchdown and Dubinian obviously is going to get a major increase in, um, in his workload, uh, this week with rocket, uh, out and uh arkansas should cruise but i don't want to lay a big number let's see i think it was 37 at last look i'm looking here and it was 38 at one point i'm not sure where it's at now but yeah i'm not seeing it it's in the 37 37 and a half range and that's all i got on that one yeah, not much to sink your teeth into uh, with this one. Um, I guess there is one other one that probably is is a little intriguing. Um, Vanderbilt goes to Wake Forest. That's a an early kickoff, 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. It's on the ACC network. Um, Vanderbilt's been a team that I think they're 2-0, and but haven't exactly uh, been pretty against either Hawaii or Alabama A&M. Um, neither of those games, I think, were – Perfectly crisp for Vanderbilt in terms of their performance. Uh, Wake Forest, you know, a team that has gotten off to a one and zero start. They beat Elon 37-17 uh, last week. And so I'm probably for me, Brian, this is one where it's I'm just curiosity reigns supreme here because I just I don't know what to make of Vanderbilt just yet. Um, you know, I just don't. And there's not a lot you can take away, I think, just from two games in, uh, other than it feels like they should have been better against Hawaii. It feels like at times they should have been better against Alabama a got off to a sloppy start there. Uh, but this is, I think, where we really find out what the Commodores could be. And as we talked about before, they have a really nice opening part of the schedule um, where if they're going to get close to being bowl eligible, this is one of those games where if you can win this one, things start to really sort of look up a little bit, I think. 
Oh, yeah, and their season win total starts to look fantastic yeah. if they can uh, get a win in Winston-Salem. Uh, so this line opened 12.5. So if you like Vanderbilt, I hope you got it already because it's down to 10 pretty much across the board. Uh, the total opened at 58.5. It is down to 55.5. I see there's still a couple of 56s, uh, and uh, that's a key number. Uh, obviously being a multiple of seven. Um, so Vandy as a road underdog under Clark Lee, uh, they're seven and three against the spread in 10 games as road underdogs. Um, you know, I, I think this is a, I thought it was well lined uh, at, at 12 um, at 10, like maybe a slight, slight lean to wake. And I, I haven't played this game, uh, but, if if I were to play it, I, I think the over would be the play. I did have the over uh, when these teams met uh, last year, and uh, it was a 45 to 25 final, uh, you know, so that's 70. And, and I forget what the number was on that game, but it, it obviously uh, went over. And, um, yeah, I think we'll probably get a lot of points in this game. So if I had to pick it, I would go – with the over, because uh, I, I get the sense that neither one of these defenses uh, is very good. Now, obviously, we've only seen Wake play once, but uh, and Vandy twice, but I, I think we could get a lot of points in this one. The only other FBS on FBS games: Georgia host Ball State. Um, you've got Missouri hosting MTSU, and those are the only other two um, that are FBS on FBS. Not sure if you have anything uh, of note you want to throw out with those two, but. Um, I don't know, MTSU, it's, it's something to like, I don't know what to say about MTSU because I'm like, they played Alabama last week. And so uh, Alabama can make anyone look bad. Uh, but Missouri, I think, as we talked about before, defensively what they can do. Georgia, meanwhile, I mean, we saw Ball State against Kentucky. Uh, we talked about kind of a brutal stretch playing at Kentucky and at Georgia now to start the season. So um, not a lot probably there other than a, a big Bulldogs win. And Kirby Smart, to me, you know, they didn't, they probably weren't completely pleased either with their performance last week against UT Martin. It's strange to say since they won by 40 something points, uh, but offensive line didn't play well. And so uh, I'm curious to see what Georgia looks like coming out this week. Yeah. So uh, Missouri is minus uh, 21 to middle Tennessee. Uh, the total is uh, 48. Uh, Missouri is an abysmal three and eight against the spread in 11 games as a home favorite. Uh, under drink wits. Um, yeah, three and eight against the spread as a home favorite. Not uh, not that good. Um, but that one's a pass for me. Uh, no opinion there. Uh, just one little thing I'll point out on Ball State is their uh, stud tight end, uh, Brady Hunt, who was the first team all-Mac selection last year at 46 catches, 498 yards, and five touchdowns, uh, five touchdown catches. Uh, he is out. Uh, with an injury, and their backup running back, Vaughn uh, Pemberton, is also out with an injury. But, yeah, um, don't like to lay 40-plus, so uh, strong, uh, hard pass for me on uh, Georgia and Missouri games. All right, the other games is at SEC games on the schedule. Kentucky hosts Eastern Kentucky. Um, Tennessee hosts Austin P. LSU hosts Grambling. Uh, Florida hosts McNeese and South Carolina host Furman. All right, this is where, Brian, I give you the floor to say anything you would like about the Florida Gators and Billy Napier after uh, the week one loss to Utah, but uh, more specifically, 
just maybe your expectations for this Florida team uh, moving forward and any venting you would like to do, because we know they play McNeese this week, but next week uh, they host the Vols in a, a big game uh, to see maybe what the future looks like for the Gators. I thought Florida looked like the most poorly coached team in the country last week in week mm. one. Um, I mean, Florida had, appear- had seemingly seized the momentum of the game. I mean, uh, we were down 7-3. We had the fourth and one play, false start. So you kick a field goal. We missed like a 31-yard field goal or 32, whatever it was. Uh, but then we get a stop. We get a stop, and we're going to get the ball back. And the offense had started to, you know, get into a little bit of a rhythm. You know, basically had two scoring drives. One ended up being a non-scoring drive because they um, missed the field goal. But but had had two sustained, solid drives. And uh, you got two number threes on the field. And yeah. you don't get the ball back. That should never, ever, ever, ever happen. Uh, ever. And then, you know, then Utah scores. Crowds back in it, you're down double digits. It just completely ruined the game. And then, have you ever seen anybody throw a screen, a wide receiver screen on fourth and fourteen? I've never seen that. I've never seen that in my life ever once. And he ran it again. And I, like I've, I've bitched about this so often. I've never seen a coach run the ball more consistently on third and eight than Napier. And he had another one of those last week, of course. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just bad. And then right before we came on, uh, for this show, uh, I'm not implying it's a huge loss, but Jadarius Perkins quit the team and entered, uh, the transfer portal and, uh, you know, talked about all his teammates, his love, and he thanked Dan Mullen and he thanked Scott Strickland, but he didn't say anything about the coaches, uh, on this staff. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not. Who knows what you read into that? I mean, yeah. he might he might have been the bad apple. I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, he was, you know, a veteran player. I mean, he's not that big a loss. Had 25 tackles two years ago, 14 tackles last year. Had one tackle at Utah. But uh, but he jumped ship. And, um, yeah, yeah, the O-line did not look good. Uh, I was encouraged with the defense, but we were going against a third-string quarterback, and they were missing their best offensive weapon besides rising and Brant uh, Keithe. So you had all the all the ingredients to maybe pull an upset, and just poor coaching made that uh, impossible. So you know that was disappointing, and um, you know I know I said that going into the year with the thirty-two million dollar buyout that I I I just don't think Florida is going to be able to fire him just for uh, financial purposes, but I, I tell you what, if, if we go four and eight or worse, and that is very, very, very possible. And he throws up more stink bombs like that, just in terms of his <laughs> specific coaching and, uh, and us looking so poorly coached. I, I do have a hope that, that maybe we would, would fire him after this year. So, um, there we go. There's my Gator frustration, uh, <laughs> venting for the day. We're going to have to get this segment sponsored every week throughout this season because we're going to have to find someone in Gainesville that feels the same way as you do, which you're not the only one. Um, and we're going to get this segment sponsored uh, every week, the venting session. 
with Brian Edwards, but um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you won't have to, maybe, maybe things will turn around, but um, not optimistic. Probably a lot of people are uh, right now. So, Hey, Hey, did you see the stat? It, it was, it was getting retweeted a lot. Um, it was like all the, like, or like six or seven recent coaches at what po- point in their tenure at UF, did they get their eighth loss? Um, so, cause Napier six and eight. Yeah. I, I think the lowest amount of wins was like, 21 or 22 for Will Muschamp. Uh, or maybe him and Mac, maybe Michael Wayne and Muschamp maybe had the same record. It was in the, but it was in the 20s for sure. So, you know, he's a minimum of 15 uh, less than uh, all of his uh, predecessors. Mm-hmm. Not good. Um, not good. And, and also with the transfer portal, the easiest way to quickly rebuild you know he he's got the benefit of that that these other coaches did not have so yeah it's it's bad yeah not good not good for the gators um so we will see how things continue to move forward there uh in gainesville but all right brian this is where we uh give the gifts to the people uh sec fans who want to bet on non-sec games I know you've got a couple that you have your eye on here uh, involving two teams that really uh, made some made a lot of noise last week. Uh, as we know, Florida State, uh, Colorado as well, uh, and some other stuff in your uh, picks outside the SEC for this week. Yeah, so I'm not sold on Colorado's defense yet, but I am sold on their offense. Uh, Shadur Sanders looked like a first-round pick to me from what, what I saw last week. Uh, we we knew Travis Hunter was is a future first-round pick, probably top five, if not top two or three. But I didn't know he was going to play that many snaps at wide receiver. And I didn't know that he had that elite of conditioning. I mean, let's don't, I mean it was 100 degrees in Texas last Saturday. Okay. And he tells the uh, reporter on the field, uh-uh, he's ready to he, – He's ready to play a doubleheader last Saturday. He could. <laughs> he's ready to go again. I was just like, "Wow, my man!" So, um, and then you know, Xavier Weaver over 100 yards receiving. Joe Horn's son, Jimmy Horn, over 100 yards receiving. A big touchdown catch uh, early fourth quarter. Um, and Dylan Edwards, man, collegiate debut, four touchdowns. Man, he is a burner. Uh, small in stature, but man, he's got wheels. So I am all in on Colorado's offense. And so the way I'm going to attack that is to go over. uh, I got it at 30 and one half, uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if our listeners are looking at a a 31 point number on Colorado's team total, but I like it over. I'm also going to play their team total in the first half over 14 and a half, but I would probably like it all the way up to 16 and a half. Um, They had 24 at halftime uh, last week. And um, so early in the week, I played over uh, 57 for the game, but it has moved up or it was 59 or 59 and a half earlier today. And it looks like, oh, it looks like there's some 60s now. So I've already got enough investment in Colorado and, and getting points. So like I said, I got it at 57. Now that it's 59 and a half or, or 60, I would just tell listeners if they're tailing me to just don't even do that. Don't do the over for both teams for the game. I would just do the Colorado uh, team totals. And um, I will point out uh, one stat. Nebraska is 8-0-1 against the spread in its last nine games as a road underdog. 
but most of those spots were, you know, getting a lot more than three points. Um, they're only getting three here. And so I'm also uh, going to take Colorado. So three plays, Colorado minus three, Colorado team total over 30 and one half or 31. That's my favorite. And then uh, a little bit also on Colorado's team total to go over 14 and a half in the first half. And I, I thought Sean Lewis's game plan last week uh, looked fantastic. Um, great career move for him because, you know, now that he is uh, going to be in the spotlight all year, if his offense is executing like it did last week, uh, that guy might have a power five head coaching job uh, next year, one year after leaving the Mac at Kent state. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very curious to see how they continue to do what they do. Cause that was quite something. And then, um, anything else, Brian, before we, we wrap up in terms of, uh, looking at the slate for this week and uh, anything that stands out to you. Yes. Yeah, so Eastern Michigan is plus 20 and one half at Minnesota. I call Eastern Michigan's head coach, Chris Creighton. I call him the underdog King. He is 20. <laughs> he is 25 and four against the spread in their last 29 games as road underdogs. They won outright at Arizona State last year. They won outright at Purdue uh, in 2018. They won outright at Illinois in 2019. They are accustomed into going into these power five environments and they are not intimidated and they've won five games in a row. They won uh, their last four last year, uh, won their opener uh, last week and also, I, I mean, I, I automatically bet Eastern Michigan when they're a huge underdog. But then, you know, you look at the Minnesota side of things. I mean, they had three points late in the fourth quarter. It was fourth and 11. And uh, Daniel Jackson just had to make an incredible uh, toe tap uh, touchdown on that fourth and 11 play with 232 uh, left. Then they got fortunate. Nebraska fumbled uh, near midfield or, or slightly into Minnesota's territory. And they end up, uh, you know, kicking a 47 yard walk off field goal. But uh, since they, so their new starting quarterback, he actually started five games last year when, when Tanner Morgan got hurt, Ethan Kaliakmanis. Uh, okay, he's now had six starts, and the Gophers have scored the following point totals in his six starts. 17, 20, 31, 10, 23, and 13. And they are laying uh, 20 and one half. So they're laying a number um, that they've only scored more points than that number twice you know, in his six starts. And also um, that 31 uh, point game, that was against Northwestern that went one and 11 last year. So obviously uh, the Gophers are not scoring much with Kaliak Manas under center. He's thrown more interceptions than he's thrown uh, touchdowns in his career, four to five TDI and T ratio. So I am all over Eastern Michigan. If your number is 20 and one half, I would buy the half point to the key number of 21. I took your Utah State, uh, Iowa one last week, and that worked out well. So I was appreciative of that one. Now I'm going to Eastern Michigan after everything you just said. So that's my my, my one I'm going with. I'm tailing the Eastern Michigan after a successful Utah State uh, last week against Iowa. So we'll see how it plays out this week. But as always, Brian, always a fun discussion here. Uh, as we look at all these different games, uh, I know oh, yeah. you have a lot of th things in the works. So let everybody know uh, about that before we wrap up. 
Yeah, um, I've got one more actually that I, I might not have um, uh, DM'd you. So I'm going to go with FSU's uh, team total to go over right. four, yep. over 41 and a half. So uh, unfortunately, you know, me, me being a Gator, <laughs> man, Keon Coleman, what a steal out of the portal. I just had to make Mel Tucker sick to his stomach. Uh, man, this guy's a difference maker. Nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns. A lot of those catches were well defended where he just, you know, he's so tall. He's just going up and getting them, even when he is well covered. Johnny Wilson, another big game, 107 uh, receiving yards. Jordan Travis did have the one interception, but other than that, he looked outstanding. One of the best quarterbacks in the country through four touchdown passes. Um, you know, this is kind of a flat spot for FSU coming off that big game. They're also uh, on a short week. So I, I wouldn't want to, like, lay points with FSU. And, I, and I'm I'm not sold on their defense um, yet either. Um, LSU moved the ball well most of the game. But uh, F, FSU defense, to its credit, you know, came up with the big plays, especially the two fourth down stops um, in the first half. But I, I think the way to attack this, I mean, FSU's offense looks like a juggernaut. So does Washington's offense, by the way. Um, so I'm going FSU's team total over 41 and a half. And I'm not against going over 48 and a half on Washington's uh, team total as well. I'm forgetting who they're playing, but it's somebody that's uh, not uh, very good. Uh, here we go. They are playing Tulsa. There you go. All right. So there are your picks. Week two. Should be fun, guys, as usual. Um, check out everything Brian's got going on. As we said, you can follow him on Twitter, uh, at VegasBEdwards, uh, all the stuff over at BrianEdwardsSports.com, MajorWager.com. Uh, and as usual, hit that subscribe button. Uh, a lot of fun stuff every week as we break these games down from a betting standpoint. So hit the subscribe button, hit the like button as well. As always, if you want to help sponsor any of the recurring uh, shows we have here on the channel, hit us up uh, at info at southeastern14.com. And uh, again, we appreciate your support of the channel and we'll talk to you guys here soon at Southeastern 14.